Don't go anywhere, Matthew. Don't go anywhere, Matthew. Who the fuck's Matthew? Because tonight I'm going to be the question master. Oh, me dears, why don't you stick around and hear what juicy gossip we got to talk about through our questions. Three, two, one. Hi, guys. Hello, Paul. And Hi, we're live. Hey, everyone. How are y'all? I'm okay, thank you. Hugo? I mean, I'm trying my best to be fabulous, but I haven't had enough wine yet. Me I mean, you can it. try all you want, hon. You'll never quite make it. You know what? I'm feeling quite um, melancholy. Yeah. yeah. Melancholy? Melancholic. Right He's got colic. Um, At its list. Yesterday, yesterday, James sent me a superb recording of the National Theatre production of Follies, which is arguably Stephen Sondheim's greatest musical. And it was the greatest production of the greatest musical. And it's quite devastating. I still have the big, I still have the image of um, Imelda Sonten having a nervous breakdown in my head. I hear her voice <laughs> it's ringing. Such a wonderful production, though. Like, I remember, did you see it in the theater? In the theater, darling. I did. I saw it in the theater. I, I had the opportunity to go see it in London when they did, um, when they returned without Imelda, but. Um, I was poor then. So I saw it, the production that was filmed with Imelda, and it was just stunning. I just, oh, I think I uh, wet my pants a little bit. Oh. I didn't really, but I was moist. Wet knickers. Oh! I mean, the young, the, 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 the actors playing the young version of Buddy and, what's his name? Ben and Hi, Buddy ben. were quite hard. No, so. don't look at me. Please. Don't look at me. Not just yet. We'll try not to break out into extravagant songs so much this week. So how have we all been busying ourselves this week? Well, I've been watching Polly <laughs> on repeat for the last two days. So Poor Johnny. my week. Um, what's, been, what's been quite stressful. No, I think he's, he enjoyed the solitude, you know, just me sitting on the sofa, crying <laughs> and laughing, and him just being left alone to watch 22nd videos <laughs> on Facebook, because that's the, le- the level of level into intellectuality he can... At least you can watch, you should mix it up a bit and watch the Imelda Staunton in Gypsy as well, you know. Controversial opinion, but I think Shlott Tarnan is, well, not very controversial, but um, he's a much better... Lyricist than composer. Um, what, what I would, I lyricist? would disagree. Composer. Um, I think he is an amazing lyricist. I, but I think he he has a very unique and individual style that he writes in. He's well known for saying his songs are conversational um, and they're not as lyrical in the melodic lines. So I think he's very unique in that way. And a lot of actors say that they love to sing Sondheim because it kind of flows. Paul, how have you been busying yourself? Well, I've been, uh, I've had the salon open this morning. Oh, yeah. Tell us about the salon. So after, whenever it was that we had our night of hair dyeing, we've now moved on to hair cutting this morning. So James has had a trim, I've had a trim, and Cristiago has had a trim. It all started because I think there's something in being told that you can't have your hair cut, cut, which was uh, obviously, you know, because of our current situation with it being in lockdown. So then as soon as I knew that I couldn't have my haircut, obviously the first thing that I then needed in my life was I need a haircut. Like the sides were bugging me. So I've been on the internet trying to find some hair clippers, but everywhere sold out. On Amazon, I think they were 
it's something like that end of April delivery. I was, what the hell am I even paying for Prime for? Yeah. So uh, I went out to B&M Bargains. Love a B&M Bargains, by the way. Absolutely. J'adore oh. a B&M Bargains. The queue was a mile long this afternoon. Oh, my goodness. I'm glad they I went all the way morning. up to the fence. <laughs> all the way up to the fence? I didn't even realise yeah. they were open. Um, bought some... Ten pound hair clippers came home and I was like, Paul, book me in at the salon. How often do you guys have your hair cut before? Mm, about eight every weeks. six to eight weeks. Because I'm seeing so this week on Twitter, I'm seeing a lot of people, um, a lot of them gay, having just complete breakdowns, dilemma slash meltdown over haircuts because they couldn't get it. So they just went. Let's just say I think there's going to be a lot if. If we were to be let out of social distancing by by Pride season, there's going to be a lot of people with bugs. But sadly, most pride. the Prides have started to be cancelled yeah. now. Did you see Brighton Pride with Mariah headlining? I know. I'm not sad about yeah. it. <laughs> it just says... Well, if you can't enjoy it, Hugo, no other fucker should. <laughs> What's a Pride if I'm not there? Corona's homophobic, if you ask me. I do think some people, though, do get their hair cut a lot more frequently. So I've definitely heard of people who go, like, every two weeks. And I think that's more if you go to the barber, isn't it? Like, barber, type, barber type haircuts. You know what? I feel like if I go to the barber shop or the salon and I don't have enough hair for them to cut, I feel quite embarrassed. <laughs> I know I still pay them the same price, but I just feel like I'm being finally judged for being a vain, insecure bitch who can't have I do, one I hair disagree. Like, people would go and get their nails done quite frequently mm. or you would file your nails on a regular basis. You don't wait for them to be 10 <laughs> inches long, do you? You know, you don't want... Like, it's just... It's the image that you want to present to the world. And if that makes you feel confident, then you go for it. Actually, I don't relate because I don't get my nails. I don't get Well, the I don't have my nails done either, but people do Why? because it makes them feel good about themselves. Or is it just because the media tower of you? Well, there is. For, for some people, we'll experience a certain you know, gen- pressure to look a certain way. But don't know. I think it's. I, yeah. It's about what you enjoy as well, though, isn't yeah. it? Like. Some people really enjoy going and sitting in a sauna. It does like as as in as in Not a, a at, the spa, at the spa. At the like, spa. Like you don't need to do that, but some people get a lot of joy out of it. Other people don't get any joy out of it. It's kind of like I just it doesn't, you don't get anything out of it, do you? So it's just whether you enjoy it or not. I don't enjoy having my. That's you, Paul. I get a blowjob every time. <laughs> I I don't get enjoyment from having my hair done, but I like it. I like the. I like to the feeling that I get afterwards. Yeah. I don't sit in the chair like, you know. I always get really tired. I've oh, fallen asleep before. I hate it when they start to try a conversation. I'm like, hum, I don't really, I don't know you. I've got enough friends. My new trash TV show, everyone should watch it. Limited series on Netflix, mm-hmm. Tiger King. It's about people in the US that collect and house large cats. And it's exotic not even really animal. exotic animals. It's it's mainly based on cats, like tigers, um, leopards, other big cats that I've forgotten because I'm uneducated. Um, <laughs> but it's like there's like three main players in the US, and they all kind of bad mouth each other. Yeah, Competing. but it's like turned into like this weird war. Oh, you should watch it. And like the main character who is it's based around is called a uh, Johnny or Joe Exotic. Yeah, Joe Exotic. and he's currently in jail because he tried to hire somebody. Oh to kill one of the other big players. I was like, oh, nee. 
That is a bit extreme. And she also allegedly yes! killed her husband. It's like a Carol, Carol something. Oh my God, yeah. Carol Baskin. Baskin. Carol Baskin. Hello, you cool cat. And if you ask me, Carol, if you're listening, we know you did it. Okay, okay, hold on. Can we? Can I digress? I don't know why everybody's coming after her watching. After I watching would like to show. point out, like, this is not men. digressing because it's still on the same topic. <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, Paul seems very checked out, but maybe he's just I wish. Um, So you may not so digress. <laughs> you carry why, on, her. Don't digress. Why is everybody going after Carol after watching the show? The men are horrible. Joe Exotic is a pig. The other guy with five wives is a pig. And they all threat this rumor that she allegedly killed her, even though they, you know, the police can find any evidence. What did he die on? I mean, I might Nobody argue... Knows. He, he just went missing. Oh my god, the tigers ate him. Well, that yeah, that's they were what saying they that she fed into the tigers at one point. But then she did make this really weird point where she was like, if you want a tiger to eat them on, you cover them in sardine oil. I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> She did it. <laughs> what, but why is everybody? And why does anyone care? Like, because because these are real people. Okay, women in this century is done being victims. Okay, this was like these people need to. Stop I know. I, I get that. I mean, just, just why are they even competing? They... Can't they all just keep their animals? No. So Carol Baskin, hers, her oh. company is called like Save the. We need a fucking company cats. for this. Yeah. And then Joe, yeah, it's, it's just all, you just have to watch it. It's great. Watch it. And plus it's an LGBT show because the main character's uh, gay. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know how LGBT positive it is. Fucking <laughs> mental. And he does math and he has like, I know a lot of, and he's also very crazy. I mean, you're a bit crazy. And by the time you're done, you'll probably have had oh, three husbands. Yeah. And I have already had three husbands. What happened to the other two? I didn't feed any of them. I haven't fed, I didn't. No, but did you feed one to John? Is that how you got rid of the last one? He fed one to Wiley. Oh, no, please. If John ate that healthy, he would <laughs> um, be upset. Also, my last big thing, and it is quite a thing for my week, was uh, in this time, in these dark corona times, you've got to look after yourself. So I took it upon myself to do a foot mask. Obviously, I went for the, the cheap pound foot mask from from Poundland <laughs> and hun, they are fabulous. You soak them on your feet for like ninety minutes, and then your feet peel so fabulously. Is there going to be a pile of skin where you're sat? Why? I'm sorry. What? Is this like a? It's like yeah. a footner. Have you feet? heard of footner? So no, come... I don't know about any of these things that you're supposed. supposed so it's to like it's like feet. it comes in this like industrial sandwich bag, and you just put it over <laughs> your foot. Sandwich. Yeah, it's like an industrial sandwich bag. <laughs> you slip your foot into it. Okay. You slip your foot into it, and you oh, leave it there for. Paul and James are doing a live demo. <laughs> so you slip your foot into it and you leave your foot in there for about 90 minutes and then about oh, three to seven days later it's like absorbed into your skin and like takes off the like the first few layers of dead skin but it comes off like leather and you can just pull it and it's like I've practically got an entire it's like when a snake sheds its skin it's beautiful you should do one because People forget when they're working all day, you're stood on your feet, you've got to maintain those healthy feet with cheap foot masks from Poundland. So I've had a, it's not really a dilemma, but 
I was thinking about this earlier. So tonight I'm going to a virtual party for one of my very close friends. It's her birthday tomorrow. And um, because she can't have the physical party now, she's doing it over FaceTime. We're all going to join in together in its fancy dress. The uh, <laughs> I've been told I need to dress up. I need, I've been told I need to dress up as something okay. that I've been binge watching whilst in uh, lockdown. Are you going to go as a lion or a tiger? Or I think you should just go as a deckhand. I could do, you know, yeah. from a below deck. But I don't think that's as fun. I'm thinking <gasps> maybe No, actually, like... cheek stew. You should go as Kate. Just oh. put a sour face on and one of your wigs, the yellow one, <laughs> and be done with it. <laughs> I do have a great resting bitch face. But I feel like none of your, but not all your friends are going to be. No, I'm. Like it needs to be a popular I think I'm vibing either. I'm going to um, dress up as some like last minute Disney character because I've been hella binge watching Disney Plus. Or um, I think I might take Angelie to the the party, Miss Angelie, because I do love a bit of drag race. How about um, Glenn Close in 101 and 102? I love how you have to specify not just 100. You would have. Not just 101, but also 102 Dalmatians. Yeah, the sequel. You can't forget. You can't forget 102. Yes, you cannot. You cannot forget. Yes, Glenn Close deserves an Oscar for both of those movies. (laughs) And she was rough. But you already have the big white hair. Just throw on a... um, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got, I've got so many fur coats. I do not own a fur coat. So, guys, this week, being stuck at home, I've been wondering if you could have any superpower. What superpower would it be? Right now, off the top of my head, I would say I want to be the be all kind of like test subject antibody for all like incurable diseases like sometimes i feel sometimes i think like oh my god maybe i've been living with hiv for all these years you know because i used to be a huge up for used to be and like you know like what if you have an incurable disease but like your body is just it's just like the vessel like your body just automatically cures it all and you don't even know it. And you are actually the key to scientific breakthrough. That's the worst superpower I've ever heard of. Well, you know what? That would be, you know. You're just trying to read. Like, you hold the genetic key to the future of human being. How much more awesome can that be? I could have the power of invisibility, which is definitely what I would have. Uh, Excuse me, I've got that. Oh, behave. Got no. So I. Oh, please. I don't think Chris and I, I don't think Chris Diago and Paul would mind you watching. <laughs> anyway, I can't think of anything. <gasps> I I am hurt that you wouldn't want to watch that. No. So I would say either for me, invisibility or teleporting. I'm not hundred sh- percent sure because there are limitations to invisibility. So what would you want to use your invisibility for? Oh, just getting some peace and quiet. Just like. You know, being like going around the supermarket or just like yeah, yeah but then all the, all your items are going to be floating. Your trolley's going to be pushing itself. That's going to raise eyebrows, isn't it? Okay, I change mine because I've just also oh, you'd have to be naked. I've thought about it in better depth in these two minutes mm. since asking it. I would have the power to stop time. Oh, that's better. Like Bernard's watch. Or Piper on Charmed. Oh, mm. yeah. And then I just, then I go do my shopping and then I come back and I'll be like, yeah, click. Oh, I wouldn't even have to pay for them. No. So, yeah, 
Again, and you, there's still the opportunity to see some dicks there too. Yeah, just freeze yeah. time, pop in, have a look around. Because you know, Paul's apparently into voyeurism. What? What? You just wait. Hold on. So you're suggesting that you that he will go into the supermarket, freeze time, pick all the fit men that he want to see naked, take off their clothes, watch them naked, put them back on. That that's that's what exactly what I insinuated. For. Apparently, well, no, I was I was thinking more, you know. Just, just freeze when you're in the gym changing rooms. Have a little look around, see what's going. Uh huh. And freeze time again. Oh please, that I mean, you. No, I'm far too that. awkward. Okay, like Paul all, goes to the gym. Fuck you! I did until okay, very first recently. Of all, yeah, you know, it's cute. That it's cute that you pretend that you own. It's only been a month. Gym. I haven't had one. Yeah, I was a member so of Valentine's. We. We've been on lockdown months. for a month. I cancelled in February. <laughs> yeah, and we're in fucking April now. Oh, yeah. Time has flown, hasn't it? <laughs> Any, it's not been that fucking long, is what I'm saying. Uh, okay, so, okay. So, James wants the power to go do his <laughs> I want to see dicks. In peace and quiet. I want to see dicks. What about you, Paul? <laughs> Paul wants the superpower. Well, yeah, what, I want what, an invisibility, but then I think want? I've jumped on the bandwagon. Oh, it's either that or teleporting. But I think, so I was thinking about being able to use teleporting in lockdown because actually, like, we could just teleport to a private island and be in isolation, but in the sun. But then you'd have to know where you were going and know that it was empty. Otherwise, mm. you could cause problems. Yeah, but then you would only be able to do it for yourself. Oh, you surely you can. Like in TV, like if someone has a power. Like like in Charmed, if they're doing that little blue thing where they go up into the sky, if you hold on to that other person, they go with you. Or... No, it does not happen like that, Paul. They are really Okay, sorry, my imaginary power imaginary is power. teleportation with the option of including others in my teleportation field. There you go. Fuck you, Hugo. What about you? <laughs> are you done yours? Right. Sorry, I forgot because it was so I fucking shit. It. Yeah, mine is... Oh, yeah. I think... It's the genetic key hearing all children and adults Yawn. of diseases. Oh, oh, Paul gets a bit sassy I when he's on a couple thing. of glasses of my wine. <laughs> Only one of your wine and two Smirnoff oh, ice. God. Oh, she's such. Oh, a... will you stop throwing your skin over me? <laughs> I can't help it. I did a foot mask. <laughs> um, right. Next Paul, question. What's your um, question? Okay, so as a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? A bin man. <laughs> no joke. My mum will not <laughs> let me forget that every time the bin men used to come down the street, I used to say. I want to be one of them. <laughs> so for years and well, for yeah, decades now, my mum's reminded me that I wanted to be a bin man. Oh, that's brilliant. Was that because the bin man was really fair? I, wait, wait, I have no clue. Even. I don't even really remember what it, but I like, I, I know that's what I wanted to do because I've been reminded so many times. <laughs> my my parents always remind me. It's probably a man in a suit, you know, not a suit, a man in a so what kind of bin men did you have growing that... up? <laughs> a man in a suit with a bowler hat taking your rubbish. Just hello there, dear. Let me take your wheelie bin. <laughs> is that why is that why you keep having It's because it's my spiritual home. Now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, a bit of bin. Mm-hmm. He's been heartbroken. He's been heart It's the way yeah. It's the way of making your He's been heartbroken since since the tip's been closed. Yeah, I know. I do what what am I supposed to do with my spare time now? I might have one ordered. And, I'll have one ordered and what put it in the garden. You? A tip. A tip, yeah. <laughs> it's already a tip. Well, 
<laughs> just add it to the pile. You know that's going to be filled. Ah, uh, uh, honey, no, 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 because they've rescinded the blue caddy. <laughs> we can put them out in green bags just like the rest of you. Um, <laughs> Hugo, what did you want to be when you were a child? I want to be the genetic key to curing all oh my God. sickness and Shut diseases up. and suffering. <laughs> <laughs> You're, what are you on your fucking high horse today? Okay, I wanted to be a beauty queen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's better. No, that's because my parents, my parents used to be really into like beauty pageants. So we would watch, I mean, like we would, you know how some people are into Eurovision. So they would watch like the local contest and up until the finale. So my parents would be watching all the individual country beauty pageants that then ends up sending the contestant to the final Miss Universe. So we would watch beauty beauty pageants all the time. And I used to just like practice my walk and my sachet and my way and my talent. Oh my goodness, yeah. But I I think really what you really needed was like a miscongeniality moment. Yes, she never had it. She's still at the ugly phase. Yeah. It's you need to find late. what's what's his name? Benjamin Brad. Michael Kane needs to take you oh, into a Michael. warehouse, have his way with you, and yeah. send you out in like an elastic band. Yeah, and then you will be for like two weeks. Oh, I love Miss Congeniality. It was my favourite mm. film for years. I want to watch um, that again now. Right. How about you, Jim? Um Paul. Paul, what did Paul, what did you want to be when you grew up? So I had two phases. First of all, I wanted to be the fat controller. From the Thomas fat Oh my goodness! Well, true. yeah, you're partially there. And then, second of all, I wanted to be a t- teenage mutant ninja turtle. <laughs> oh. oh my goodness! You yeah. no wonder you turned out like you did. <laughs> I'm unique. Teenage mutant <laughs> ninja turtles. Heroes um, in a half shell. Turtle power. That dream got a half came true too. You kind of look like a turtle now. What the fuck? Because you've got, you know, that hard shell that you need to crack to get through to understand the soft interior. That wasn't a fat joke. Um, <laughs> that is underneath. She's she's out there fighting for the community, and um, she'll probably get cut. Attracting my head. You know, yeah. He's got a very short neck. He's, I do not. His kind of shoulders neck. meet his chin quite early on. He's holding it up now. Um, it's That's because in this his chin is going down quite far. Fuck you, Hugo. No, wait, wait. <laughs> Which chin are we talking about, Hugo? <laughs> I don't chin know. Don't they all melt into one. <laughs> He's like Jabba the Hutt. No, actually, but I can strangely relate to that because before I was gonna admit about how I wanted to be a bid man, like I think I, I think I've already said it. Like I wanted to be a Storm from X Men. So you know, yeah. It's good to have I a... I get it. Although, you know... It's like Hugo. You've got to have unrealistic aspirations. Yeah. You can't be a mutant. I can't be a turtle. I can Hugo can't be a beauty queen. queen. No, you can't. Hugo... That ship sailed years ago. Yeah. I can still hold the genetic key to curing all humans. Oh, uh, you're just a washed up suffering. has-been, Hugo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Miss Universe, oh, Miss Universal Trash. Oh, I apologise for the aggression in this episode, everyone. Anyway, I I think we should move on. Hugo, tell us. This is just five, this is four episodes of built up aggression from you two picking on me. We have not picked on you one bit. Excuse me, please. Excuse me, lady. 
That's my bloody wine. We've been, I'd say go yeah. get another glass, but no, because I might have any to drink later. <laughs> and I mean, she'll probably smash her face in if she has anything more to drink. I bloody well know. I'm not happy about this. To be fair, I've not been coming for you. Just you then. Well, you, because you know... <laughs> He knows better than to come for me. Hugo's um, at least at the other side of a camera. Hugo, what's your question of the week? So, my question of the week, because I've been fighting with a lot of people lately for some strange reason, you know, because I'm... Oh, your personality. So, um, I'm usually so amicable and people just look at me and they're like, oh, he's so pretty, I like him already. But, so, a lot of people have been coming at me with very strange, unpopular opinion, which makes me question, is my opinion unpopular? So, then, which inspired me to ask, what is your one unpopular opinion that you hold? This is, you know, this is an opinion that's not common, that a lot, not a lot of people agree with, that's not mainstream. Oh, okay. So, so I would say... Okay, put in there. I don't often go first. Um, I, so mine, it's probably like a specifically within probably the gay community my, that this is a particularly unpopular opinion. I think that for the most part, grooming your downstairs region is very unnecessary. Oh, no. Well, no, as in like more I'm thinking that you say it's very, you know, part of gay culture. I think that's a uh, part of... Every culture. I think people maintaining their bodily hair. So do you think that your father has strong opinions about maintaining the... But that's generational, surely. Yeah. My father is. Maybe. So, Maybe it's a generational. So I, I groom per certain parts of my bodily hair, but not other parts. However, recently I was shamed for not shaving my legs by another man. Oh, so, what? Uh, so we were at... I was at work and um, it's a dress up day. And he says, oh, those legs, are, those legs are opaque. And I was thinking, what? Of course my legs are opaque. But he meant, <laughs> well, yeah, they're not. Sorry, <laughs> As if you're going to have see-through legs. Well, that's what I thought. I was like, well, that's the most ridiculous. I, I even said to him, I was like. Is that supposed to be an insult? I was like, do you know what opaque means? He was like, yeah, can't see through that hair. And I was like, oh, okay. And um, so he meant the opposite of opaque. No, he like he was he meant that my hair was so dense, dense like he couldn't see my leg. So oh. then I was I was suddenly also, a bit. Your hair is very fair. I know, but Wait, I, look, mine is way darker than that. But I've been, but ever since I've been debating, like, should I trim my no. leg? Oh don't but, be insane. But then also, this is something that I'm like, so I'm like, okay, I've been like weirdly called out on my slightly fuzzy legs. But then women go through it every week. They shave their hair. Yeah, they shouldn't have to. They, I know they shouldn't have if to. If they want to, fair enough. So people, so this is, so if people want to trim the maidy or lady garden. <laughs> yeah, I just, I don't know, I don't get the big deal with needing a tidy bush. I would say then, I would say then, as a gay man who has given a lot of blowjobs. As a I gay man? As You're a gay, gay man, no. man, <laughs> man who's given a lot of blowjobs, I don't, I don't like it when the hair gets stuck in my teeth, you know? I flossed before I came here, I don't need to brush my teeth anymore. I just, I just don't think it's ever been something that's bothered me. If you get a hair in there, you just pick it out. I'm with Hugo on this one. 
Mm. However, you can look at the bright side and it could be a good facial exfoliator. So, like, this is very, a per this is a pertinent topic because I did have a bit of a trim today. And just because we did the haircuts, I just thought, you know, let's go with the full hog. Oh, yeah. Uh, You're wasted electricity. I just, honestly, I just always find because you've got the sharp hairs, it just itches straight away. Like, just it, the hairs poke at me. Oh, wait, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> just say you trimmed your bush. And then you you use the same. No, 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 no. <laughs> the... Did you use my new hair clippers? <laughs> no. To trim your bush. I used the beard trimmer. <laughs> oh my goodness! Wait, so you trim your bush with the same thing that you trim your beard? Yeah. Oh no, I'm not about that, hon. Oh, can give a two shit. But that's your face, and that's your mint. But I also nicked my ball sack as well. Oh well, that's. Oh. I always do. That's why I hate it. It's that's just... karma. Karma. Oh, no, you need to. You need to use bead. Just use bead. But I don't want to be completely hairless. Oh God, are you da are you like hairless, like a pre-adolescent child? On my asshole, yeah. Oh God, I don't know any near the asshole. I had a issue when I was young. I did shave it, and I, honestly, when it grew back, I was like, it's like walking around with a broom up your ass, like Why? the bristle what? when they grew well, back. I thought, I thought you liked that, having a broom up your ass. No, I mean like actual broom bristles coming out the side. Yeah, but didn't you make one man, one broom? <laughs> <laughs> how did you how did you find that video, James? Well, you know, I've got I've got my uh my sources on. Um, hold on. Why why were you shaving your asshole as a kid? Oh, I was like you know, like you know when you <laughs> he was four and he thought oh, like... Yeah, he was <laughs> I say a kid, I mean like, you know, a teenager and you're just like experimenting with different things. Well my armpit hairs are very thick and I went through a phase of thinking about of thinking I should shave them, but then the grow back. I think maybe my hairs are just very coarse when they first grow in, because I just, all whatever I shave, whatever I trim, I just find it very itchy. No, and Not it, the one then, on your head. But then I think no. people, it is personal preference, isn't it? So I don't shave my armpit hair, but one of my male relatives, he shaved a straight male relative, um, and I feel it's more appropriate to say that. Um, is your brother? No, not my brother. Um, but we'll shave his, because... He has this like thing in his head that um, when he was growing up in the changing rooms, like lots of sportsmen, and it was a lot of mm. there was a lot of yeah. bo that stuck to it. So he has always gone through his life now just shaving it, so he doesn't have to worry about the the bo. What about mm. yours, James? What's your unpopular yeah. opinion? My unpopular opinion. I want to know if you feel it is okay to speak just not to speak ill but to speak negatively about someone that has died 100% 100% I think we spend far too much time ignoring people's flaws and things that people have done wrong just because they've died it's like oh we've got to be nice about them now rest in peace you're a cunt but you're with the angels well, now dear well that's it yeah. and like I remember when I was at college there was a there was a boy that sadly took his life and I, do, I he definitely died before his time. It was very sad circumstances. But when he was in college with us, he was a bully. Mm. Like, he was nasty to me and a lot of my friends, like, making really derogatory comments. But but then after he was passed... Was it But it was. Mm, and, and he was like... He made some very negative comments to like some of my straight female friends, like on their maybe their size or whatever. And I just think it's horrible. But then as soon as they passed, then mm. suddenly, oh, what a wonderful person they was. And I'm all about, yeah, let's promote the good. But 
I can't. Somebody isn't a saint if no. they weren't a saint. No. Let's just be honest. I think we're all too, like, I don't know. Well, in those occasions, though, I mean, I'm thinking something along the line of, like, you know, Hitler, just because he's dead didn't mean he didn't kill, like, millions of Jews. But, like, in your situation, though, I feel like there's no, because there's no point in holding that person accountable. One, he was clear, tortured person. But two, um, you know, he's dead. He can't be held accountable anymore. And yeah, but I, so, but I think it's just the about point being... of like having him hold that, you know, having like holding him to, to have that it's power because, over you. But then, but then, surely I would then feel that it's that thing of isn't it? Like, then maybe if they've passed and people are talking with them in such a light, or, you know, when you're with a group of friends and you're reminiscing and you're like, oh, and so-and-so comes up, but then you then become the bad person for not then sharing some a good memory. Like, not saying I would badmouth them. I'm not about openly slating someone. I'm just saying, why can't we remember people for who they were? No, I just think it's about being truthful and being honest. And I think... As a society, we have this big thing around death where <coughs> we kind of get really... I can't I can't really articulate what it is I'm thinking, but we make... Like, obviously, death is a really sad thing, and it affects everyone differently. But I think we have this really default position as a society to just kind of be like, oh, oh, it's, you know, it's terrible. It's, you know, like, it's like when someone dies and it's their time because they're old and they maybe had done everything they wanted. They maybe were like probably ready to go that like we shouldn't always look back on that and think it's terribly sad you might miss that person and it's okay to miss them but if they were ready we should just be kind of thinking okay well they had a really good life or you know they had a mixed life or you know they had some good qualities and some bad qualities we should we should think of people in death as we think of them in life yeah. Why does death change? You know it? what? I'll tell you this one thing. I guarantee when you die, which will surely be before me, I will show up to your funeral and I will say, Paul was a big fat flag. And, and I will appreciate in death. And I will appreciate your honesty, Hugo. I'll be up in heaven sucking dick. You'll probably die sucking dick, to be honest. <laughs> You'll probably choke on a dick and die. <laughs> I I am so glad that when my parents asked if they could listen to this podcast earlier in the week. I said, oh, no, 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 it's too explicit for you. <laughs> you might die choking on somebody's pubes. <laughs> that would be a fitting end. <laughs> so what's your controversial, what's your unpopular opinion? My unpopular opinion is around, well, for this instance, I'll say in particular, like, Chinese people, I think Chinese people should have the right to eat whatever the fuck animal they please. And I get, I am so sick of people turning up their nose and acting disgusted at um other culture, especially the food of other culture. Like, I went on a trip to Ecuador and, you know, guinea pig happened to be a big part of the cuisine there. And all the, not to be racially specific here, but all the white people on my trip with me were acting disgusted and they were like turning up their nose at our host who was serving I would like to in- I'd like to interject that. And I feel when you say white people, you mean more Western civilization kind of. Oh, yeah. yeah. Western people. 
Yeah. And I, you know what? It's just a pet peeve of mine when people think, when people apply their apply their principles when it comes to food to other culture and think and think they have the right to say, oh, this is disgusting and that is acceptable, so on and so forth. And, and I think and I think people of any country should have the right to eat whatever the fuck they want. Okay. If you if it's in your culture to eat dark meat, go ahead. Kill the puppy, eat it. I wouldn't be as ruthless as you in your wording. However, I agree. Just because we domesticize? Domesticate. Domesticate animals where we live doesn't mean that they aren't a, a source of nutrition or delicacy somewhere else. I think in China and Korea and all of those places, they do have, you know, dog meat on the menu. And we think, oh, it's so horrible. But... They rarely have animals like that in the house. They don't have, you know, a chihuahua or a poodle going around with them. It's just not their culture. And it is quite topical. Right. I imagine this This is why you've been dreaming about it, because we put on the corona ban. But there is a lot of hate about this whole, you know, Chinese mm. eat, eating bat. Yeah. And that's where the coronas come from. Well, maybe that's that's maybe where it is has originated. However... It wasn't purposeful. Well, like, you could take, surely, the same argument with, like, CJD and yeah. cow disease. Like, like mad that, cow cow, that, that originated in cows. Yeah. Yet we're not demonising our own culture for eating cows. Like... Because we see it as socially acceptable to eat beef, whereas, oh, my God, how dare they eat bats? Yeah, like, or, or snake or whatever. But that's just what they have. That's And that's what their delicacy is derived from. Like, I've never tried it. I, th- I just think we have such a kind of prudish culture, particularly in, I'd say, in recent years, we've become, like, chicken-obsessed as a nation. Like, I'd say, what, 10 years ago, if you looked at the supermarket shelves of meat, the variety you'd see would be way more than we have now. Like, most supermarkets now, there's almost a whole side of the meat aisle is just chicken products. Yeah. And, like, lamb is getting smaller and smaller. Pork is kind of quite small. It's, it's just, I don't know, just, we, we're not very open to trying different things, I don't think. But in the UK, it's, uh, like, was it 2015 or 20, somewhere? The horse meat scandal. The horse meat yeah. scandal. When everyone was appalled that there could have been horse meat in their, in their ready meals or things like this. Well, then you shouldn't be eating the ready meals. But then if you go to France, which yeah. is still West, France. France. The horse meat's like one of the, you know, one of the um, more expensive cuts in the butchers. Yeah. This is that always, when we, whenever anyone talks about eating horses, it always just reminds me of an episode of Ally McBeal called They Eat Horses, Don't They? And um, one of the main characters has a little horse and he's arguing the case of a restaurant that served horse meat and is being sued by a customer because they ordered the chef special and they just got horse meat. And when they found out, they felt physically sick. Yeah. Um, and he has this little horse and he sings the Mr. Ed song with this little fluffy horse. Um, it's a good episode, you should watch it. But I do we're just too prudish. Too prudish about food. Um but then interestingly, and I don't know if it becomes Chinist, as is the word I'm going to use. Chinist, like kind of anti-China for whatever reason. Because then when you think of like other Western like so like in Australia, where they eat kangaroo or crocodile or ostrich or something no one's ever going oh my god i can't believe they're eating the crocodile 
But then when it comes to... Because he was a bad guy in Peter Pan. Well, exactly. Or because nobody would ever domesticate a crocodile. It's the thought of having it as this beautiful little animal that runs around your feet in your home. I mean, so, okay, so this is... <coughs> I think this is part of the bigger issue of... And I mean, I hate to bring bring race into everything, but this has absolutely mm. has to do with it, which is the Western white savior mm-hmm. complex where w- people from Western country think that they are, you know, the cherry on top, the be all and end all of social behavior and of social etiquette, of civility. And um, actually, yeah, so I went, so come, to come back to when we were in Ecuador. So it was actually for like a program to work with basically farmers and like working class people to uptrain them in business skills. And one of the things that they really emphasize from the beginning is to always be to always be aware of your Western bias. Because this also affects a lot of people who go on missions to like African countries and trying to trying to erase almost like erase that part of the specific country culture and try to apply the western standard to teaching people and to show them showing them how to do things so i do do think we are like a lot of people us maybe not as much but a lot of people suffer from the western superior complex where they think that the way they live their life is the way that everybody should live their life. And whoever does not adhere to that standard is barbarian. Does does some of that, though, come from, I think, maybe in the UK at least, a kind of lack of exposure to other cultures that often Tracy or Sharon or whoever they are, they see it, uh, they see things and they think it's disgusting or they, they... don't understand it because they have such a limited view you know so like to them food is the limited food that they've grown up with and what they continue to feed their children and whatever so like when they see people eating things that are so different they can't they have such limited taste that it's hard for them to see I I know we're talking I'm talking specifically about food but I think it kind of applies across the piece that we like we're comfortable with what we know and if you live in quite a sheltered way then you don't have an appreciation for the diversity of the world and therefore you you just look at what you would do. And if you think, well, of course I wouldn't eat Earl or I wouldn't eat Wiley or Rover, you think, well, that must be wrong because I couldn't bring myself to do it. And that's all I know. I don't really have anyone who is outside of my cultural norms. So I can't appreciate that that's normal. I'm not saying that's all of it because I think there is a lot of superior, like Western superiority. But I think some of the time it's not coming from that place it's coming from a lack of appreciation and lack of knowledge yeah. of other cultures and like just naivety yeah no totally like i don't think it is all generated from a place of hate i think it's generated from a place of just not knowing that they're generating hate by doing it or saying it or it could hurt someone <laughs> So that takes us into the broader topic of, you know, opinion. So I always say that opinions are like assholes. <laughs> oh, oh, that was Everybody has one. Yeah, everybody it... has one. 
I have to say, yeah. asshole. Is it an episode of Femme Fat and Asian if Hugo doesn't say asshole? So, opinions are like assholes. Everybody has one, and usually they're full of shit. <laughs> but, so, what, you know, what makes an opinion popular and unpopular? Like, where does that, where does that come from? Where does, you know, where would you, where do we draw the line? I guess when you have an, an unpopular opinion, where do you draw the line between holding set like holding steadfast to what you believe in and just being completely ignorant? I think it all just comes down to so- social and cultural norms, doesn't it? I mean, that's what generates popular opinion. It's like the least controversial fit, like opinion tends to be the one that goes forward as something that everyone's kind of okay with. And then to step outside of that is to become unpopular. I think actually unpopular opinion is less a product of an opinion actually being unpopular but rather it not being something that is popular do you know does that make sense it's not necessarily it's not necessarily something that people are actively saying is unpopular but so i think james's one is a really good example of that there are probably plenty of people who would actually speak kind of negatively about someone who's died because of their personal experience with that person but society kind of programs us that more people tend to just say nice things that so we don't voice that and it's just kind of that consensus mob mentality that we just kind of go with um i also want to go back to what you said earlier about like exposure Mm. so a lot of people again with the going back to like the travel like a lot of people that i've traveled with they're quite well traveled people like i know people who've gone to i don't know 10 and more asian countries and when I travel with them, they still, you know, they still have issues with food. They still have issues with how local people go about their lives. They, you know, they say things like, oh, that's disgusting. Oh, why would they do things like that? So I think a lot of it, you know, some of it has to do with exposure. Like you you can't learn what you don't see. But also it has to do with mm. like the willingness to be open-minded and to put yourself in other people's yeah. shoes yeah and and then a lot of people um a lot of people because of that unwillingness to learn also form opinions that are not that are mm. not well informed like going back to you know the whole i mean to draw it closer to home not just about other culture but drawing it closer to home when it comes to i don't know the whole brexit shitstorm that <laughs> seemed like so long ago didn't it the pro brexit shitstorm that we went through for the last two three whatever years when there were so many opinions that were just fabricated and that was just plainly wrong like how people talk about trade deals and the economy and all that and i get that that's complicated topic but you know when you don't make the effort to inform yourself and then form an opinion anyway usually you end up with misinformed information a misinformed I, yeah i think i think just further drive I think we're lazy discourse. sometimes and i think that's definitely true and i think it all it all kind of ties up together doesn't it that like if you don't have exposure to things and you're lazy not necessarily, I don't, you know, I mean lazy in the kind of broader sense that you maybe just, you choose not to do research into a particular topic, but you kind of take what's given to you 
by the mainstream media as kind of fact, that that feeds this complacency to accept other things because you just take the easiest thing to accept. And so when you're like your example of people who are well traveled kind of just still hold like not being adventurous or not having a willingness to accept other things it's like oh well it's easier just to accept what I kind of know and believe already um you know I think it's it's willingness it's exposure and it's probably to some extent then a level of prejudice and and kind of superiority in some people's cases but generally speaking I just think we all just need to be more willing to try. That would be my take. Like, I would always be the first person to try the weirdest thing on the menu in a restaurant. And be, yeah, like when we went out for dim sum, I just ate whatever you put in front of me because I want to try. I would never be like, oh, what's that? Oh, no, it's cow stomach. I can't possibly eat that. I'd try it. And yeah, it wasn't my favorite, but that's kind of my outlook. But I guess for other people, that's not their outlook yeah. for whatever reason so oh yeah go ahead James. i think it just comes from a place of fear as well like yeah. it's that thing of it is stepping out of your comfort zone it's trying something that maybe you wouldn't normally try like um so it is that fear of trying something and you won't like it or you won't agree with it but i think everybody should it's like us doing the samyang challenge last week it's you know you know it's going to be a bit of a something that you might not want to do for the entire 72 hours, but you can try it. And at least you can come out the other side saying, well, did I enjoy it or did I hate it? Will I do it again? Won't I do it again? You can answer yeah. those questions in your head. Yeah, I think I think there'd and be some people who would look at that challenge and not think about like the fun or the challenge of it and be focusing on the meals that they felt might be ruined or that wouldn't yeah. work well on them, the food that they didn't enjoy. Whereas... I definitely come from the opposite place of that. And I think, like, go, again, going back to eating different foods and stuff, there are plenty of people who will choose to order something safe on a menu that they know when they've had before because the worst thing for them is it coming and them not enjoying it. Whereas kind of I I just kind of think, well, I'm going to try it. And if I don't like it, I probably won't hate it. So I'll still eat it. I'd rather try something new than regret not trying something and just playing it safe so to close this off then like how do you you know like so we've come down to the issue being people not being able to give acting out fear not being able to step out their comfort zone and not being willing to learn so what like how do you go about encouraging people to you know step out their comfort zone or not or not not this i guess like not distribute Mm. misinformed information I think it's work. surely it's about just having and uh, trying to have a rational proper conversation and if you've got a different view to them putting your view across in a way that isn't fuck you um being having the mindset of being able to agree to disagree because yeah you might not agree with certain aspects of different cultures but try it also i'd say get informed like the way we stop being so naive is to um do our research find out some new sources get on twitter get on instagram and all of those things and do why oh There's no don't of, get on you know. twitter but either way I think you should just be encouraging people to form their own opinions and not base their opinions on other people's. Because I think that's a lot of the root yeah. cause, isn't it? Because you might not try something because someone told you they didn't enjoy it. As opposed yeah. to just trying it yourself and forming the opinion yourself. But anyway. And I will, I will say this one last thing. If you don't know enough about something, it's okay. <laughs> 
she shut the fuck up. But that's why I stay quiet when you talk about musicals. Yeah, that's why. Oh, Um, Paul, you pretend. Paul is a secret drag queen. He has a YouTube channel. I will show. I will post clips of it on FanFat. Followers. On Instagram. Um, So that probably rounds up nicely. It's okay not to have an opinion. And it's okay to think some controversial things sometimes. If you like our podcast, subscribe to us on Spotify, Overcast, or Anchor. Find us at FemFatAsianPod on Insta and Twitter. And we'll see you next week. Love you.